Welcome back to another episode of the Higher Love with Megan podcast with me, your host, Megan Cooper. This episode is recorded with the awesome Emma Barfield. Emma is an inner leadership and energetics coach and an embodied human design reader. In this episode, I speak with Emma about the science of human design, which maps our energetics to reveal more about who we are at our core helping us to navigate our needs and strengths in the world, to uncover our purpose, maintain alignment, and shine bright as unique beings. Provided that you are not driving or operating heavy machinery, pause this episode here and go to the Jovian Archives website, which is www.jovianarchive.com, and click on Get Your Chart to bring up and download your free human design chart. You'll need your full name, place, and date of birth and time of birth. So you might need to call a parent for that one. In this conversation, Emma will be discussing some of the different categories within human design, and you may receive even more from this conversation if you're aware of your chart. Saying that, if you don't happen to know your time of birth or you are driving at this time, you can still receive goodness from this episode by understanding ourselves and one another as unique beings, giving ourselves permission to step outside the one-size-fits-all boxes and labels or the expectations or pressure to be a certain way that we often come up against in life. I had my chart read by Emma in a one-to-one session and received so much out of it. I would strongly recommend doing the same if you are interested in understanding your energetics and blueprint more. Her details and contact information are in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me, welcoming Emma to the podcast today. Thank you for being here, my love. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I'm so excited to share with you. I love being your energy. So yeah, this is an honor for me and a pleasure for me to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. So obviously when we met, we were both living and working in Bali and you were at the time predominantly, or you have been predominantly teaching yoga and running retreats and hosting some groups. And now you're living in Ibiza and you've transitioned into much deeper quantum work, working with human design. So can you just explain what has shifted and opened up in your life as a result of the craziness that we have experienced in the last 18 months <laughs> yes um yeah I mean I found when I was doing or you know practicing yoga studying different um you know moving into the world of yoga actually the thing that was always anchoring me and the thing that I really loved was speaking on energetics like it was like the things that were always sticking out with me was like learning like masculine and feminine you know I really got quite obsessed with the Samkhya philosophy and that teaching around masculine and feminine and that you know talking about consciousness and how that was playing out for us as individuals and you know really tuning into unique energy so as much as I love teaching yoga I could feel there was something that wasn't quite there you know like I love teaching a yoga class and I still do and I love holding retreats um but something in me was always nudging like go go deeper go deeper to which is why I started doing group programs and hosting um yeah different different ways to bring people into the work and really wanted to learn about them as individuals you know like I was obsessed with their numbers you know I think the first thing that got me into this this world was the antra like finding out people's uh numbers you know when you're finding out your dominant chakra so you put yeah. your 
together and you do all these things and it's really epic and I was like oh, I love this so I bring it into mentoring clients and then then my world opened to human design and I was like oh <laughs> and everything in me like it I know this sounds ridiculous because human design is so complex but I remember seeing a chart for the first time and feeling like my soul was like oh I can read this. Like I just, this just makes sense to me. And it was like the first time that I'd really felt that unlock in a while, you know, I was getting to that space where I was like, mm, I love teaching and I love doing this, but there's something, there's something not quite translating for me. And then human design came along and I was like, ah, this is the language. This is the language that I've been waiting for to start articulating the way that I was wanting to work or seeing or processing information. And so yeah, I think with the good old lockdown and everything that came to a halt, you know, with with retreats and all of the plans that I'd have set out for how I was sharing work, it got me to, well, literally was like, well, mate, you can't travel anymore and you can't do retreats or teach yoga in person. So figure that out. <laughs> um, and so it naturally just led me into the space where I was like, right, well, I'm going to start exploring this and actually bringing this work alive one-on-one and that's really when it started properly with with at least sharing it one-on-one you know at that point I'd been working with human design and energetics like in the background sliding it in like playing with it with clients and you know this last couple of years has now been you know claiming the space and being like this is what I'm going to actually start working with so this is this is what's brought me here now which is exciting Mm. Well, I'm very glad that there are people like you whose soul can read these charts because to me, it's <laughs> to me, it's like a totally different language. I my my first experience of human design was at a workshop in Ubud. I went randomly to a human design workshop because lots of people have been talking about it. It was kind of in my field. And I went with my chart and said, you know, oh, hi, this is me. I'm a manifester. And he said, oh, you can sit by yourself type. Thing. <laughs> you, you, you can sit, you can, you can go and sit in the corner by yourself, you and your repelling aura. And I turned to my friend and was like, I don't have a repelling aura. She was like, babes, totally have a repelling aura. <laughs> but for me, human design is like a totally kind of, it's like a total different language and different science in itself. So I'm very glad that there are souls like you who who can make this understandable for the rest of us. So if you can, can you just summarize what exactly human design is? And I know that that's a tough one to summarize. (laughs) It is, but it's also, it is and it's not, you know, because it's, I mean, I like to share it more as a self-awareness tool because I think, you know, when we have these things, well, this is the one way and it's just not, you know, this system, if anything, if it gives us anything, the gift is that it is reminding us that there is no one way to, you know, bring, um, become, you know, uh, find awareness, you know, or become really aware of self. And so it's been it's been an incredibly profound journey for me with using this system. And I love seeing other people come alive with it. Now, essentially it is made up of a lots of different modalities. So they're not that casual, right? We've got quantum physics, astrology, the chakra system, the tree of life, which is a part of the Kabbalah and then the absolutely incredible itching, um, which I, that's the, that's the area that I really, really love. And Essentially, we're speaking on 
archetypes, you know, we're speaking on universal archetypes and energetic imprints, you know, which we're, we've all got going on. You know, this is why I think when people come to the system and they have a reading, they will literally say, oh, I feel like that's, you're reading my soul. I feel like that's, you know, hitting me in the chest. Yeah, that makes sense to me on a cellular level. And it's made to, because it is speaking to these, these archetypes of our consciousness. And it's, it's very, very profound. And so, yeah, I think the way I really love to describe it is the practical mysticism. You know, it's like it takes, I live for energy healing and I love my Reiki healers. I love my light language friends. I love meditation and all of the realms. Um, and I find that using this system, it creates, if you can use it and start reading with it and working with it, it, you know, it's a very practical way of reading energy when we're approaching our clients, ourselves, our relationships, you know, we're starting to understand oh, this is literally the way you're calibrated. This is how you want to be treated. This is how I experience your energy and, and vice versa. So it gives us this whole new language to start articulating that which is already within us, you know? And it's like this new way where we're like, oh, cool. I do actually feel like this, but I don't act on it. I actually do all of this other stuff that I've been taught that, I felt I should do. And actually, this, this system really gives you an option to say, oh, but your soul actually is kind of burned like this, hun. So maybe play like this for a while and see how it feels. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, does that make sense? Because I, something, I laugh all the time with my human design reader friends. And I did a podcast with, with one recently, beautiful Sarah Miller, and we were laughing. So I asked her this question. She was like, babe, something different comes out my mouth every time someone asks me what human design is. I'm like, what is human design to me today in this right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, like, always yeah. an alchemizing work in progress. Yeah, totally. Um, yes, yeah, something that you said in there. Um, yeah, it, something that I have really struggled with I think in terms of social media and indeed in society is this kind of like one size fits all mentality like do this and you'll feel this and a great shift and a big kind of maturation of my own work and my own coaching came when I realized that it wasn't making it wasn't about making everyone more like me it was about facilitating others to become more like them. You know, this is the very like essence of inner work, right? You know, like the very essence of the yogic path. And what human design seems to do is celebrate and empower the individual as opposed to fitting into this big collective box. So can you speak a little bit to that, please? Yeah, I love that. And you know, what's really beautiful is this reverse engineering of the way that we approach social media and our marketing, right? Where usually we go what's my avatar right now I'm not knocking this because I'm not a marketing expert by any stretch but you know let's I'm going to just preface this because I don't want to seem like I'm just like you know slandering all of these marketing beeps but it will be what is my avatar right and essentially what we then start to start doing is going well how can I appeal to that avatar what do they want to hear from me what do they need let's put myself in their shoes and it sets this this precedent that we then are trying to slot ourselves into a way that we think other people need to see us. Whereas when we're using human design and really starting to move into this new paradigm where we are starting to understand energetics and unique and, and our unique maker, we want to start saying, well, who am I? <laughs> like, 
what do I actually love to teach? What is uniquely mine to share? Like from my lived experience and, you know, I'm going to say codes, <laughs> my codes. If my boyfriend listened to this, he'd be like, what do you mean by codes? <laughs> <laughs> my truth, my truth, my, um, you know, things that are in my body, like what I feel. He'd be like, right, so feelings, thoughts, <laughs> codes. But essentially it gets us to tune into those things and say, well, if I just emanate from that space, those that are in you know resonance will be magnetized to me. And so it asks us to really unbind ourselves from these very linear old ways now of doing marketing and doing business where we are trying to consistently change or alter the way that we are to fit everybody else when really what we want to start doing is unlocking these codes so that we can just slot in to our seat of soul and then be like come party with me and sit in the space if it feels good and resonant and that takes a hell of a lot of gumption courage trust work to be there because it's risky you know when we're like oh the strategy is laid out here tell me that I have to have this set way of doing things and I don't know how I feel about this new thing like don't even know who I am um and so it's really playing in this space which is very new I and mean, it can feel quite clunky actually initially at least I'm, I'm like it can feel quite clunky I'm you know living walking example of this <laughs> trying to undo those strategies um but yeah that's what I'd say because it's it is that you know I mean I'm so I was so fed up with certain ways of having to show up on social media and like you'll probably resonate because I know you're a fellow manifester my energy is not set for that when I hear people saying oh you've got to show up consistently for the algorithm to you know pick up god knows what like for us, we don't have consistent access to create like to sacral power to our energy. And so we, you and I work the same in that we have this surge of energy. So literally we can go for a month or two where it's like, mate, here I am and all my power. I feel, you know, got so much impact, so much to give. And then we have the rest cycle, which it, it really can feel like that total collapse <laughs> of everything where we're like, I don't even want to look at anybody in the eye, <laughs> like actually <laughs> seven months. And again, when we fall into this trap of like, oh, but to be successful and to have to bring clients in, I'm being told right now that I need to be consistent or doing X, Y, and Z. We then start a loop going on where we're like, oh, well, there must be something wrong with me because I don't feel like I can show up in that way. And so working with our energetics, when we start to get, into the nitty-gritty of it is so empowering because we're like oh this is not it's not about their way and me fitting in it's, it's about me finding my way you know and just showing up to that so yeah it's it's powerful powerful work yeah I feel like it was a massive permission slip when I did my session with you my one-to-one and obviously me being a manifester but my whole chart being very emotionally based and it being a kind of okay, so sometimes you're on and then sometimes you just need to lie on the sofa for three months, like when your emotions are down, like that, that's, this is just you and that's okay. And I feel kind of that's what human design is really, isn't it? It's kind of a permission slip to really step into your individuality and your authenticity. I mean, even if you're not in the coaching or serving space, if you, um, it, it, it just provides everybody the kind of permission slip to really 
be authentic you know would you say that that's that that's right absolutely and like when we're looking in relationships you know it's like understanding how we're wired like I remember when before I knew anything about human design and I've got my beautiful partner my lovely man you know he's coded very different to me (laughs) and I would find it really difficult like Callum is someone that needs to get up and have his space every bloody day like he needs to meditate for hours he needs to go and sit on his his own I'd consistently be like oh my god like this guy like I Callum like come and sit with me babe like let's do this let's do this together and he'd be like no I need my time and then I found a human design and like he has got so much in his energy that requires him to be on his individual journey, like really deeply reflective within within himself and have a lot of time by himself. And that allowed, it opened up new ways to relate to one another because he could suddenly be like, oh, that's a relief for you. And I'm also relieved to know that you're an emotional manifester and that I don't actually have to just take on all of your highly charged emotions (laughs) (laughs) or the God live long day, you know? So it's, it's beautiful. And, you know, even if you're listening to this and you are, you know, you have a family. So whether that is your relationships, your friendships, your children, knowing how each of you are energetically set up, it allows you to really have a different level of acceptance for that human being in front of you. Right. And I see it a lot. Like I I work with a lot of parents that have these huge shifts when they suddenly are able to see their children and, go oh my goodness it would bother me that this child felt like they needed more of my attention at times and maybe they're a projector with a split definition right now this is human design language but essentially that means oh this child they want to be recognized you know they want me they want to they want me to invite them to share in their day you know it might be that they need do want a bit more time um to sit and connect um rather than us make other people wrong right well we start creating stories around things you know it's a very um it is that permission slip in all areas to just again move into a deeper layer of understanding and acceptance for other humans you know on the in our in our field Mm, I love that thank you so much for explaining all of that so I suppose just before we continue on let's maybe just outline the different types uh of and I, I say kind of types with inverted commas because I know that it's it's not really types, but yeah, the four know, different. It's, it's worded <laughs> in that way, and I'm like, but we're not typecasting. Uh, yeah, exactly. But the 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 main the main different categories of of individuals um, for human design, and then kind of just explaining the notion of like gates and authorities and channels and stuff in a very outlining way, just so we've got the language out there. Yes. So those types are auras (laughs) Um, and we're talking about auric, our auric field. And this is dependent on our calibration. So again, dependent on what's alive within your chart, your activations, um, you know, where your planets are sitting, all of these things. um, This gives us a very different um, reading, you know, very different calibration. So there are five main auras um, in aura types. And we have our generator beings, which make up about 70% of the population. So um, a lot of people are these, you know, and this is, it's a very, very big job role that these beautiful beings have. So this is the generator and also the manifesting generator. And they're distinguishable on their charts because they are the only uh, auras to have 
access or consistent access to life force energy, to sacral energy. And so they're really here to get really healthy within the way that they relate to their own life force. You know, I work with lots of generators that might have been plugged into things that have not been serving them, whether it's been careers that they've been plugged into for decades and they're like, I don't even like this. And they are experiencing burnout, you know, or adrenal fatigue, like dependent on whatever it, what else is alive in their chart. Um, but they're, they've got a big, big job role to get really healthy and to really essentially be moving with what truly lights them up and activates them and energizes them. So if you're a generator listening to this, um, really feel into all of the things that you're plugged into right now in your life, whether that's relationships, your job, all the things, and really consider whether your output matches um, what, what you're receiving in is matching what you're giving out to that. You know, you should feel just as lit up as you know, and feel energized by what you're plugged into. That's exactly how your energy should work. So yeah, it's a juicy, it's a juicy one to work with. And it's a big uncovering on um, you know, what how you might experience that energy, of course, depending on your life experience and everything else. But it's big, big, big energy. Um, we then have our manifestors, which make up 8% of the population, or 8 or 9% roughly. Um, and they're calibrated very differently. So they're, this is the repelling aura. <laughs> um, Yay! <laughs> but they're the only aura type, the only calibration of the only, the only folk that are naturally calibrated to initiate, right? So we've got our generators, our projectors, our reflectors, you're all in a very different energy where you're tuned into your rhythm to be able to respond to life or um, wait to be invited, which we'll talk about that in a minute, um, or whatever that is. Manifestors are not calibrated in that way at all. And they are here to, they will have a big connection. So they have a very strong flow of energy from a driving center that connects to the throat. So Manifestors are great talkers, <laughs> um, but they really, really bring um, action to the collective. You know, they will ignite and initiate and activate people into action. But what they don't have is that generator power to sustain. So this is where we start understanding how we all support one another in the collective or it's like generators, they're amplifying, they're bringing the life force, they're tuning into that. Our manifestors are the ones that are going to initiate to spark the action. And then it can be sustained by our beautiful generator beings that build the momentum. We've then got our projectors, which make up 20% of the population. And they have a very different aura. It's really beautiful. Um, it's really penetrative. Um, whenever they are, they've got a really, really beautiful way of being able to see into the other. So they have a very focused energy. Um, they're really here to guide the energies into place. So they're naturally drawn to fields of work where they're working with people, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or maybe they're heading up communities because they're very good at understanding energy and being, being able to move it into places that work. So got a beautiful energy. And that's where the invite comes from. If you're a projector, you may have heard this, your strategy is to wait for the invite. Um, it's simply because your aura is so penetrative that when you share your insight, it, it will cut through the aura of other people and it really hits them. And so if they're not in a space where they want to receive your download, they might be incredibly triggered. And so 
is like I know plenty of projectors that are like oh my god that really makes sense and they feel really unrecognized or really undervalued for the for the wisdom that they hold and so you're here to create an invite so just on a real baseline if you're in a friendship exchange and you are picking up something on somebody rather than just coming out and being like so I'm really sensing that you're you know x y and z you simply say hey I'm getting this insight. Do you mind if I share this with you? Because it gives that other person the, the ability to invite you then to share your insight. And that alone can literally change your life as a projector. Like I've literally had that told to me so many times when people are like, wow, that's just changed my entire existence. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we have our beautiful reflectors and they are... Um, really rare they make up one percent of the population and if you look at a reflector chart you'll see that all of those shapes and we'll come to this all of the centers are white meaning that they're totally open and so the way that I love to work with this projector aura is to if you were imagining you know you had a, an office full of people and you've got someone in wanting to fight, figure out the morale of that office you would just say, oh, here's the reflector. They're going to be the screen right now. They're, they're absorbing and reflecting back everything that's going on in here. <laughs> so they're really here to be wise around what's actually pulsing, you know, and this is why they've got a big role right now, especially with this massive transition. They might um, feel at times where they're very sensitive to environments. So if you are a reflector or in a relationship with one or have children that are reflectors, making sure that they are happy in their environment is everything because as soon as they're working with this they're very very attuned to to energy you know they can sense it and it really becomes them if they're not conscious or have a practice in place to you know uh, establish what's theirs to take on and what's not and so supporting our reflectors is really beautiful and really getting them to um tune in to what again they are feeling is is massive um, one of the beautiful lines that's always associated with the reflector is to be a screen and not a sponge, you know, and so I love that because it is just this ability to mirror back, but not to take it in and identify with all of the things. So very, very beautiful energy. But in general, that's a very quick rundown of the auras. Um, yeah, there's, there's so much to say on them, but it's, they're beautiful. So mm. did you want me to speak on the gates and the channels? Yeah. yeah, yeah, just as an overview. Yeah, 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 of course, I love it. And this is where, again, getting into the language of human design, there's so many things. We've got centres and auras and lines and channels. Like, what's going on? Now, on the chart, so when you pull up your chart, you'll see all of the different shapes. And so where your shape they are centers they're the centers they're the energy portals and what's really epic if you're interested in this we speak to the chakra system that speaks of seven chakra seven centers of course when you look at the body graph you're going to see nine within the human design lens and this is because there's been a split or a shift of consciousness where we have established or again I say we I did not establish this <laughs> I'm not going to like like I established that we have shifted in consciousness <laughs> you should have but just taken it I'd have believed you 
like I am a quantum biologist nowadays, you know, and quantum scientist. Um, but there's really been this shift where we are moving into this new paradigm. And it's not just this crazy weird thing. It's literally like human design folk are fizzy because they speak of 2027, this huge shifting and this huge transit that's happening within the planets that is this new awareness that's dawning. And it's already happening, right? We've moved from this Piscean age into the age of Aquarius. There's been this shift of this seven-centered beings to these nine higher state, higher consciousness uh, beings. Anyway, that's a whole riff in itself, but to keep it really nice and digestible, this is the issue with human design and me. <laughs> it makes it sound really complex, which it is. But anyway, um, so the centers are the energy portals. They hold very different flavors. And so where you are colored in on your chart, this is where you're consistent. So this is literally your code where you're like, ah, I'm going to get to know these en this energy because this is where I have consistent access. So when I show up in the world, this is what people experience from me. If it's defined emotion, right? We've got to get healthy there because otherwise we are imprinting all the time. Like, look at me and my unstable emotions, right? Or if it's the, you know, sacral, you know, again, that's your life force energy there to get fortified because where you are white on your chart, you're open and or undefined. And this is where you go out into the world and they act as receiver centers. So we literally absorb into those centers whatever flavor of energy is going on there. And it's not, we don't just experience it as it is, we actually amplify it. And so this is where they become our wisdom centers. This is what we're here to be really wise about. So general themes, you know, if you're open in the emotions, you're a mechanical empath, right? You're known as the empath where it's like, you're really here to be wise about what is pulsing again in the emotions within your family, learn about what's yours and what's not. Maybe you're opening your throat and your biggest story and your biggest part of your journey has been about finding your true voice and understanding what that looks like for you. Um, there's so many themes, but that in a nutshell is what the centers are. And so you'll be familiar with the you're familiar with the chakra system. You'll recognize them as some of them as that. Um, we've obviously just got the two extra centers where it's split. Um, so it's potent. Now, on top of those are what we call the gates. And this is from the system called the I Ching, which is, I mean, I mean, I don't even, I can't even say how exciting the I Ching is. Like, I just love it. It's known as the Book of Changes. It's like a 5,000 year old ancient technology where we are looking at the 64 um, grid matrix, right? Which everything's made up of, right? And so those 64 numbers are genetic code right they hold the archetypes of the genetic code which is why they're attributed to certain attributes that we might connect with the body right so some some of those gates are connected to certain parts of the body right whether it's like our blood or our liver or whatever and you might find that if you dive into the depths of it you'll be like ah oh, that's a pretty big story for me right there is my connection to my liver maybe i'm storing that but anyway baseline is those 64 numbers have different energies they're all holding a very different frequency and again some of them are activated on us they're defined so we will have quite a lot of stories around them and quite a lot of themes that we might experience in life and some of them are open now what's really bloody epic is when we speak to magnetism like this literally is where we can see it on the charts so 
you might have a center that connects to another center. You can see that with those lines that move, and that's literally the channel. So where you have a full flow of energy from one center to another. And again, dependent on the flavor of that channel, you'll get a vibe for what is happening within you. You know, like, I can't remember if you can remember any of your channels actually, Meg. Can you remember any of your activated channels? I can share my screen. There we go. Oh, of course you have. I I thought you did. You've got the beautiful channel from the self to the throat, so the channel of awakening, Um, which, again, it's a very, very beautiful connection to higher principles, to um, a higher way, and you're naturally by frequency here. When you're in your naturalness, you'll be awakening or, you know, um, awakening others to themselves. It's a very potent energy. Uh, of course, I thought this was you. You've got the channel of openness from the emotions to the throat. <laughs> it's a biggie. I feel like that was what we were really diving into actually on our reading when we were speaking with this emotional wave for you. Because um, mm. it's, it's big, big energy, this one. Um, yeah, beautiful. And this is where it starts to get really nuanced, you know, where we start to understand our own unique flow of energy. And what we then want to look at is where we are, we have a, like a, a, one of those gates that only meet, that only goes up to halfway because that's where you can pull your chart with your partner or a friend and see if you complete channels for each other. So this is literally, again, where we see this magnetism where we're like, oh my goodness, yeah, I am always searching for intimacy or I am looking for seeking mastery. Like for you, gate 48, it wants to reach up to that gate 16. So it is a seeking of mastery. Um, And so there's so much juice that can be extracted from when we start piecing together the charts and storytelling with them. yeah, just so much juice. But does that make sense with some of those phrases? Because I feel like I've casually thrown in some really weird, complex ideas there where people might be like, I don't care about the system actually. This <laughs> no, completely. It's all absolutely fascinating. Thank you so much. So a question that I have, and yeah, it's it's obviously human design and astrology are both centered around your birth place and the time of your birth and your name and everything. And how do they actually differ in that respect? Because they're based on the same thing. Obviously they're totally different topics and sciences. So I understand that they're separate, but for, your, but for, oh, okay. Okay. I was going to say, how, how does human design differ from astrology then? Or how is it similar? <laughs> Yeah, no, I love that question. So there are different views that you can see on your chart where you're going to see this is because it's like astrology on acid where you're looking at your natal chart, but through the lens of human design where we add the the, um, the gates and we add the difference um, understanding. So we start to see, oh, my son is actually sat in for you gate 39. So it gives you even more influence. Then we say, what line is that sitting on, right? What profile line is that sitting on? So it gets even more nuanced. And this is why I find, you know, when folk come to astrology or they might do that, they know their star sign or their rising or their, um, their moon, but they don't resonate fully where they're like, oh, yeah, I am a bit like a Virgo, but I'm also like all these other nuances, right? I'm someone that's a Virgo and Virgo sun and I resonate, but there was always something in me that I was like, but I'm not that 
always that earthy and grounded and practical. I've got a lot of emotion, which I was always identifying with fire. And when I was, I realized I was like, oh, it's because my son is activating gate six, which is this gate of conflict, which was something that I've been really working through. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people describe it as astrology on acid because it kind of looks into a deeper layer. So it brings up all the planets. And as you'll see on the body graph, when you've got the um, two columns on either side of the body graph, that's all of the planetary activations. Um, And it tells you what gate is sitting in them. So it gives even more in-depth knowledge around around that, actually. So, yeah, they are, um, I mean, I'm saying they're the same, (laughs) but they are. They're drawing from your place. This, This is a calibration of your um of what was happening in the cosmos at the moment that you were born you know and so it's it's powerful because you can draw transit charts for the day to see what gate is is alive within the day so suddenly we're like oh today is like we're in you know gate nine or gate seven or whatever we can feel the collective energy where we might be processing things or this is why some beautiful readers um human design readers will, will share the transit chart for the for full moon or the new moon. Um, so you can see what gate is being activated collectively and we can see that process even more. Um, so yeah, and they work beautifully together, which is mm. why astrology is encompassed really in that, in that system. Mm. Uh, yeah. I, I find this stuff absolutely fascinating. And I had my birth chart read for the first time many, many years ago. And it was literally like she had done an entire reading of my whole life up until that point. I could not get over how accurate it was. But I know that a lot of other people are very sceptical of astrology or birth, time, place related sciences. How would you speak to that? The scepticism. I mean, I, I every time I have a chart done, I'm just like, holy shit, this is my life. How is this stuff so accurate? So I'm fascinated by this stuff and believe in it 100%. But how would you speak to that kind of skepticism? Um, I say sit, sit with it. (laughs) Like I feel like, and it is quite rightly, right? And I think this is where I, you know, the beautiful psychologist, right? Cole Young, Mm -hmm. right? He, the book I have, which is the I Ching translation, it's um, it's a certain translation. And this was forwarded by him. So speaking to like, you know, archetypal work, it's not woo, it's not crazy. And some of us, dependent on what we've learned and what we've been taught, it can feel very triggering to think, what do you mean? What there's this, what do you mean you've got genetic code? And you can tell me my, what? And to be honest, I say, that's a good thing. that There's a level where it's like, I get that. Like the, the beautiful, um, I also study Gene Keys. Um, with with the amazing Richard Rudd and I love putting people into his field because he's beautiful and like he said he's a beautiful intellect he's worked with human design for many 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 years he was one of the first people to bring it to the UK and teach it and he now has moved into his this new um, expression of it which is Gene Keys it is separate Um, and like he says he's like my god you know people might come into the system like I did and really struggle with this concept of oh my goodness so what you're telling me here that it just doesn't make sense you know it really feels weird but it, again it's just like this is just part of this new evolution is to be open to these 
new coach, this new science that's, I mean, we can go into so many different conversations there about what gets put in the mainstream and what doesn't and all of these vibes, but it's, um, I'd really just be curious, you know, I've read for plenty of people that have been like, mm, no, and then I don't really know if I believe in it. You know, normally it might be a partner that's someone that's really invested, they buy a present for them and they show up on the session like, I literally have no idea what you're talking about, but sure. <laughs> and then we'll do the reading and they're like, well, shit, yeah. I mean, I do have this issue with my adrenals or yeah, I do. That is one of my big life themes is this anger that might be coursing through my body and I don't know how to work with it. And hey, I am in the shadow of this, but I didn't really have the words to articulate it. You know, it suddenly it's just, again, like this is why I love sharing it as a self-awareness tool because what I really love, there are lots of people that don't have access to their birth information. And so then it's the question is, or does that mean that they're never going to be able to live in alignment, <laughs> right? So it's like, I'll never go for my human design chart. What were people doing before we had a computer to pull this and draw this information, right? And this is why it's so powerful because you can, I love doing this. I'm a bit weird, but I look like if I'm watching someone that I love, like on TV or, I mean, I don't watch TV actually. I don't even own a TV. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about there. I don't actually have a telly. Um, but, you know, if I respect people, I'm like, that are famous I will want to pull their chart and you'll always see that they're living in alignment right we always are and in some way it just if we do have access to this technology we can utilize it to bring alive more ways to um, look itself but of course we can also bring ourselves into alignment by doing the same things like using the tools of deconditioning plugging out of what we've been taught actually starting to listen to the body wisdom like tune into the the inner pulse whatever's happening you know on a, on a very subtle level um it just again it can be for those of us that have got access to this information it's very powerful tool um to to play with and again be curious it's not going to be for everyone right i try to get my dad into this consistently is a proper like you know, not, this is not his jam <laughs> for a long time. When I was teaching yoga, I'd get home and, or I'd see him and he'd be like, Hey, Em, how's, how's aerobics? How, how are you getting on? I'm like, I have never taught aerobics, dad. <laughs> you know, sure. <laughs> going great though. Thanks. <laughs> you know, like he's not interested. I read his chart and I'm like, mate, this is so you, I can see it, but it doesn't resonate, you know? And it just is. Mm. So it's for the curious for sure. Mm. Yeah. Bruce Lipton actually uses the analogy of a TV um, in a video that I've seen or a, or a radio, which is basically our only role on this planet is to attune ourselves to our own individual radio frequency. You know, we're all out here trying to attune ourselves to everyone else's frequency. And that's why we're not really getting anywhere and getting so frustrated on an individual basis, because all we have to worry about is just fine tuning our own frequency, like our own little radio transmitter to our to our big blueprint, which is kind of exactly what you're saying with human design. It is that blueprint of our own individual makeup, our codes, whatever the, whatever language we want to use, our own makeup to then work out our own kind of path and purpose and our own vibration and our own energetics. So I love that you brought Bruce Lipton into this space because, you know, his beautiful work and with a lot of people and especially through the lens of using human design as well. It's really speaking of quantum science, like new science, which recognizes that we are not a victim of our genes, right? We're not a victim of circumstance, that we are 
absolutely in relationship all of the time with you know with life like actually and it becomes this beautiful empowering work that we get to co-create you know and so we can really use this as this when we start to see if we've got the access to this information and we can see the blueprint we're like this is literally my soul's blueprint I can play with this then and actually you know start to um it moves me more into alignment and more further into alignment you know like I love that analogy that you've just shared with him actually and I also use one where you know we're on like I always think of like setting sail into the horizon on a boat with a beautiful big sailing ship and you're going there anyway right we're going to that horizon we've got that destination we're going to get there these little tools whether it's human design or jinkies or anything just like we're just adjusting the sails ever so slightly where we get into even more of a you know a, a beautiful stream with flow um and so yeah I love that you've shared that exactly it yeah it seems to really unlock your genius all this stuff kind of your own your own individual unique genius and there was a post that I saw that you did earlier this year or even last year which was talking about how in this world there's space for all of us in that we own we all have slightly different purposes you know some of us Mm -hmm. are community builders some of us are speakers or sharers or teachers or leaders or whatever and how there is space for us to play all of those individual roles could you could you talk a little bit to that in terms of understanding our role in society which is our profiles right so like I'm a four six um but if you could talk a little bit about what those are that would be great yes I love that question and so I love speaking on unique genius, you know, the, the, how what we're actually uniquely here to contribute. And it will actually be the thing that we're already doing. We're already really good at. So yeah, the profiles are really beautiful and they're the closest we get to, to personality within human design. So we've got, you'll always have to, you'll be a combination of two numbers. There are six in total. So for you, Megan, you're a four, six. Um, so when you're looking, your very first number is going to be the first, it's, it's connected to the conscious part of your chart. Then we've got the secondary number, which is unconscious. And so, again, it will feel like more of an undertone. You might not even be aware of it yet. But essentially, this gives us this beautiful overview of, um, you know, how we are here to show up to life. And it really speaks a little bit more into um, our, you know, the way that we uh, process information, the way that we share information, how we are felt with other people. And so just to speak to that on you, lovely, because I mean, there's so much to go into with those with those lines, like one to six. Um, but of course, you're a fourth line. This is all about heart, community, being out in the space and really sharing, like directing from the heart. It's a really big, potent energy, actually. So you can really learn so much about the lines. Um, you've got the beautiful sixth line, which is the role model. That's a big big energy you're like yes I am a role model there's what some some yes. it's true. Um, <laughs> and this is huge right this is a big initiation for anyone that's got a six or even a third line so a number three in their profile um this is really getting you to go through the ringer right well you've got to really you're literally designed to fail right in life is in you're here to 
go in and build a relationship with perceived failure, right? And always, I always say that saying, you know, there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. And it's so true for the sixth line and the third line people. Like, it's an energy that wants you to be embodied. It wants you to be on the ground of your life, like in the experience of it, learning, trialing and exploring. They're big energies. Um, and if any of you listen, that I've got a third or a sixth line, you might be in that space where you're like, I just don't want to go out into the space again. I don't want to fail or I can't open another doorway. I can't shift again into something new. Um, it's literally you're here to do just that. You're here to break that barrier and go through. Um, we've then got fifth line. I know I've done this in a bit of a weird order. <laughs> it's like if anyone's listening to this, like she's definitely not a Virgo. <laughs> like, like, weird order. But we've got fifth line energy. And this is um, called the mirror in human design or in some, some people call it the mirror. I um, mean, actually, traditionally, it's called the heretic. Um, but this energy is very projects consistently. And so it's very good. It's very practical. It's a very practical energy. It wants to manage. Um, it's, it's a really, really powerful one, which mirrors back whoever's in front of them is it feels that there's a reflection all the time. So these people can face a lot of projection in their field. They can project out quite a lot, might find it really hard to look inwards. Um, there's a lot of juice there. And then we've got the, the second line, <laughs> um, which is the natural. This is the hermit energy. So if you've got a second line in your profile, you might be like, mate, that is me through and through. I am a hermit. I love being at home. I love being shut out from the world. Um, and really this energy, the second line is all about being natural and being um, really seen in your naturalness. It's, it's a beautiful energy. And lastly, we've got the first line. Um, and so this is the investigator. This energy is all about finding beautiful, firm foundations to, to um, experience life from, you know? And so there's so many potent themes that come through with that first line energy. But essentially it's, um, it really wants to, I know so many first lines that will be like, oh yes, I've got all of these different certificates. I've done a sound healer and a Reiki practitioner and a yoga teacher and blah, 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 blah. And they'll have all the things because they're trying to build a firm foundation of knowledge or whatever it is they're about to share. Um, so there's a lot of juice, but that's what the profile lines speak to. And there's so much juice within them. Um, mm. Really find, but it helps us to, again, navigate, um, you know, how we share, you know, what we want to go out into the space like why we might be drawn to certain things and experiences more so than others um yeah it's it's juicy I love that because I know that so many people are always trying to connect to their purpose to really work out you know on a deeper level why am I here you know what 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 is my grander purpose type thing so those numbers are a really beautiful indication of just kind of a nudge along the way and a bit of a a bigger vision, I guess, for, for, for our role. Something as well that I wanted to ask um, was how we use our, our human design to influence our decision-making. So that was something that was very helpful for me to understand that I should be kind of going through the various different emotions that might come up in response to a situation before I give an answer for example. So can you just give a little brief outline as to how we can use human design in order to, yeah, in order to, to decide on things? <laughs> Absolutely. I love that. And this is a huge piece, right? Essentially, 
even though it is it can be really complex and there's so much to it and it truly is a lifelong study with your design and playing with different layers of the charts um but essentially what it wants us to do is move us into better decision making right correct decision making right so that we can live our best life right just as simple as that because how many times do we move into misalignment because of a bad decision or not really truly knowing how we make the best decisions that are really soul aligned and so if there's anything that anyone wants to take from human design let it be the aura and let it be the, the authority, right? And I really re like to call the authority our inner government. So this is who we go to to consult with before we sign up for that thing or say yes to that person or say no to whatever. So there are lots, there are a few different um, authorities. We've got the emotions obviously that you speak to and that's huge for me also. Um, where we're looking at an emotional wave, right? If something comes, if someone's working with an emotional authority, very strong auric field that is cast from that person where they are experiencing a wave of emotion and it can be it can be within a day like waking up like mate this is the best day in the world and then by lunchtime literally being like oh my god this i'm really feeling something quite different here now um and i think before human design i was really like going into this space i was like am i right <laughs> i mean i feel like i'm up and down quite a bit um and of course we want to learn to stabilize the emotions with practicing things. But it's if we say yes when we're on a high and then wake up the next day and we're catching that lower end of the frequency and we're like, mate, why did I say yes? I really meant no, right? And then we don't change the decision. We've then hooked ourselves into something that was not actually for us. And so the emotional wave is a big one. We've got to elicit patience and space so that we can get that clarity on when we commit and when we say yes or no. And so 12 to 72 hours is usually the piece. Like, hi, thanks for the offer for coffee. I'm going to get back to you. <laughs> so you know, I've got to just write out my emotional wave. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> um, we've then got the sacral, right? This is big for our generator beings where you might have a sacral authority, which means that you're a pure generator or a pure manifesting generator. And this is the gut response, right? And so many people might think, yeah, I, I know pretty much pretty, pretty good, like pretty quickly if it's a yes or a no. But if they're disconnected from their gut, and I love looking at it through both of the lenses, like if we've got really bad connection to gut and, you know, we've got IBS or we've got, you know, constipation for all the things, um, look at it from the lens of the 3D, like what am I eating? What am I literally putting into my body that might be having this effect? But also on the energetics, like, oh, where am I plugged into things that are speeding up my energy here? You know, where am I giving too much of my energy? Or where am I actually plugged into things that are draining my life force, right? And so therefore it affects this, this connection that I have to my gut. And so a lot of folk that come through with sacral authority will, will normally say, you know, gosh, I have actually been through the ringer with my gut health or I'm currently in that space where I'm developing or strengthening my connection to my gut because that's your power, you know, is really feeling into what the gut says. And it wants a yes or a no. It doesn't work with the in-between. And so any of you that are like, have a sacral authority that feel like you're in indecision right now, I would always get yourself to just ask, you know, is there any ambiguity around 
the question that you're trying to ask, <laughs> you know, like you don't work well with maybe you need a yes or a no. So ask better questions of your life so that you can drill it into the yes or no. Like my partner has this authority and he always asks me, ask me some better questions, you know, get me to a yes or no so I can apply this gut response. Um, we've then got splenic, you know, splenic's a big authority. It's beautiful, um, but it's a very, it's connected to a very ancient body wisdom, right? It's that intuition. And so this is usually educated right out of us. But if you're operating on a splenic authority, that is subtle code, right? And it's instant, it's quick, and it's, it doesn't, you can't measure it. You know, it's not something to sit and measure with your splenic. Like it's not gut, it's not emotions. Intuition works very differently to those two things. And so anyone that comes through that doesn't have a practice of sorts, whether it's, you know, anything, it doesn't have to be yoga or meditation, but it bloody helps. <laughs> but, you know, someone's really disconnected from that and they're working with a spinic authority and they don't know how to make decisions, getting them to find something that strengthens their connection to the subtle is huge getting them to start strengthening this trust you know there's big themes that come with splenic authority but essentially you've got to trust that intuitive hit um, we've then got some of the rarer aura and um, the authorities so whether it's ego um, which is the heart the will centers is a manifesto um, authority my mum is this <laughs> um, which is literally like quite cutthroat it's very 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 strong will center um, and so deciding from things from the heart um, it can also mean that they don't decide at all because it is connected to the heart. So it's like, oh, my God, like if I get this wrong, this is death for me. Right? Um, we've then got self-projected, which is the which is a G center. That's a huge energy, again, directed from this um, sense of self. Um, it's big. And then we've got mental authority, um, which is the mind energy, which is a really different one, because it's not if you if you are mental authority. It's, it's a rarer um, authority. You're not here to be in the mind for decision, but you're here to process information and sound it out to then feel in with the body as to what feels good and right for you once you've heard it. Um, so, yeah, there's so many. And then we have the lunar, which, which is for reflectors. Where, And this is funny, but I remember when I used to connect with this as a manifester, like not resonant, because... A reflector has to wait 28 days for the lunar cycle to make a decision. And I remember being like, that can't be accurate. Like people cannot possibly. And I worked with this beautiful reflector and she, I said this to her, relayed this to her. And then she actually was like, yeah, that's not even enough time. 28 days, make a decision, no way. <laughs> it's like, wow. Um, so there's so much juice, but it, again, it brings us this so potent awareness as to how we connect to what feels good and right for us. And truly the biggest question is, do we actually listen, you know, or do we actually then rely on other people to direct life for us? Or do we actually, because a lot of us will feel the hit and be like, oh, that feels good. Or, oh, I just know. But then someone goes, do you really? And we go, yeah, you know what? No, I don't. I will just do what you think. Mm. It's a big transition from- I feel- I feel like understanding that process of your own decision-making, it's such a big permission slip to step outside of the kind of one-size-fits-all society, society typecasting of making decisions, isn't it? And really aligning to what is and is not meant for you. So I think that that's such a big component of, of human design. 
just a couple of questions left then. Um, the first one is, as a manifester, what do you feel uh, on a personal level? What do you feel that this knowledge and understanding of your chart and your human design has opened up for you? Yeah, beautiful question. Um, I feel like as a manifester, I've naturally always felt like a bit of an outsider, you know, around friendship groups or around different concepts. And I know this is big, but my energy is very collective. So I speak like this gradually, like, you know, especially to do with like big concepts globally. Um, but I always feel like personally involved with these things where I've always felt a bit like, like there's always been a big energy that I've been trying to carry, but not necessarily knowing how to project or not know how to express. Sorry. And I've been in all sorts of trouble, you know, with my voice, with what I've said in the past, it's really hurt someone, you know, when it was, you know, working through teenage space or being in the shadow and working through things where I've got myself into trouble with what I would say, because it'd be like, you just don't have a filter. And I'm like, then I landed in human design, like I literally don't, I have a big, <laughs> a big connection, a flow of energy, this makes so much sense. Um, and so really seeing that, like knowing that power and seeing how I would use it unconsciously, which would either get me into trouble with this literally, I mean, when I say get me into trouble, I mean, in arguments and things like that, you know, or, um, with family members or, or whatever. Um, but it also then started to allow me to reframe it. Like, well, look at the power that I hold. Like I actually do have a lot of potency in my voice. I'm here to share that. So let's work on this 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 shadow so you can start to transmit a very different frequency when you naturally use your voice um it also really got me to look at the ways that i'd hold myself back right as a manifester it's a lot of people through design will normally be like oh i wish i was a manifester right i hear all the time with human design like, i wish i could be a manifester because you get to just do stuff you get to initiate it's not an easy ride right when you're in that space and I know we've all got psychological barriers with design with the energetics but we think we might want to be out there initiating being able to be the ones that speak but I'm telling you it feels quite lonely at times <laughs> being the only one in the room speaking some truth or mm. feeling like there's something that's coming through that not everybody else is speaking yet and it can feel really isolating. Like I have stopped myself so many times from sharing an insight or expressing something or creating a program or any of the things because I've been like, oh, I don't know if I believe, I don't know because no one else is doing that yet. So maybe that's not correct. Maybe there's a reason. Um, and again, it is this permission slip where it allowed me to look at the energetics and the codes and was like, oh, there's a reason that you speak naturally like to, to those things. There's a reason why you you know, you're holding back your, your boldness and there's a reason, therefore, that life might not feel totally aligned right now because you're not allowing yourself to be in that manifesto energy and be held there. I was really trying to be a generator. And the same could be true, right? We've got generators that might try and act like a manifesto and it takes them out of alignment because they're not here to force things, which, I mean, I look at and think, what a breath of bloody fresh air. <laughs> I'd love to be a generator. <laughs> I could be like... I get to just be in a response to my truth. Whereas a lot of us are out here like... Sounds delightful. <laughs> yeah. We're like, mate, I've got to go out again. What? I've got to be the one that stands out there in the arena and says, not that way. And like, get was <laughs> thrown at you for a while. Like, you know, there's a few... It's it's interesting. But, but yeah, it allowed me to start looking at the ways I was holding myself back actually massively. 
and start addressing it from a um just from a different lens you know and again from a playful space um and again as soon as I was doing it I was like this makes so much more sense Mm. (laughs) yeah awesome thank you and I love also things that you've touched on like during this podcast as well of like how it's allowed you and your partner to understand one another better and like you doing charts for your family and stuff it's like this is a tool for us to become more accepting and compassionate of the people around us right and to not project our own expectations or how we think the world should be navigated because we start to see the world through other people's lenses around us so yeah I love that as well that sounds like it's it's obviously opened up a lot in that area for you too yeah and that's the piece lovely you know like it's like when we see someone stepping out into the space and sharing something that we might be triggered by especially nowadays right we've got lots of different narratives around and Mm. I think it's it's been it's beautiful to actually just acknowledge like instantly now if I see someone that's sharing something that either might trigger me or bother me I I just like I wonder what their design is (laughs) because I just want to know like what are they why are they where are they calibrated to share what they're sharing you know what and you see it in a different space and we can hold people to that we're like oh just let people share what they want to share. Let them express how they want to express naturally. Doesn't mean accept it. Doesn't mean buy what they're saying. But it just alleviates any of this competition or trigger culture or cancel culture where we can actually be in a space where we go, oh, you get to express how you want to express. Great. I get to do what I want to do. Great. And we can coexist, you know? Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah awesome one last question then I'll let you get back to your doggies (laughs) okay so how do you feel that these kind of quantum studies and sciences such as human design are supporting the direction of where we are going as a society yeah beautiful question and I think there's so much to that actually (laughs) where I really do believe um that it's already happening. These shifts in consciousness, this awareness is already dawning. We're already, it's already shifting, which is why we're all getting these codes, which is why modalities like human design, and there will be more. There's not human design isn't the be all. There's going to be new creations, gene keys for one. There'll be new ways of interpreting this information and this code and this interpreting energy that will keep coming through the more that we expand our consciousness. You know, what we what I really believe again jinky's language here but i believe it in general terms anyway is that we all our purpose on an individual level is to be coming into this physical body right i believe with consciousness we come into this incarnate and this 3d body to really bear witness to life to be in with our life and start understanding how we uniquely are calibrated to move through some of the shadow frequency that we experience collectively right where it's like shadow experiences of guilt or arrogance or self-obsession or whatever the shadow frequency we're operating with we each are calibrated to transcend that within ourselves. and as we do so we raise our frequency which essentially goes back into the cloud right <laughs> where we then go ah when i pass on my mission my only mission is to make sure that i've lived my life transcended a few shadows and hopefully just allowed that. So when I pass back and my consciousness or me goes back into the cloud, I'm higher, you know, I'm a higher, I'm in a higher time than what I landed in as, or, you know, we're here to transmute that. And so 
I really believe that this awareness is starting to shift. So we are speaking like this. I mean, in my even in my mum's era, you know, she's only in her fifties, but this wasn't normal. Like she was completely, she's a manifester, ego manifester, trying to speak on quantum or Abraham Hicks back then. They were like, "You're literally nuts, Karen." <laughs> now we're seeing this new wave of like starseed kids, whatever you want to call them, right? Where we are in these conversations all the time, children coming through very awake, very aware, like. I feel it in my body as a child, like very aware of weird concepts that you I was never taught, but like looking at energy and seeing energy and it's it's already happening. We've just now got these technologies to give us the language to start unlocking it more, you know, and this is why I love this work because again, we've got this articulation going on so we can start expressing like, ah, oh, yeah, this is the shadow I feel. Let's find the gift in it. Let's transmute it. Let's transcend it. And, and move and again when we know that we're all here doing that it changes the game about how we relate with one another you know this this understanding and this inter of the interplay between individual liberation and what that means as a collective it's like i want you to free yourself hun, of all of those binds of all of your shadow because that feedback to the cloud that we're all a part of um so yeah i find that this route now with this language is it's reminding us, you know, it's reminding us of all of this stuff, which we know. And I feel that we've been, you know, it's been hidden for a long time, you know? And mm. so I think it's this renewing, this resurgence of this technology too. Um, and when I say technology, I mean energetics. I don't mean the web, you know, like, <laughs> like the technology, you know, like metaverse, no one. <laughs> opposite. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. So that's what I feel in a nutshell. <laughs> awesome. So powerful, my love. Thank you. It's so inspiring to, yeah, just hear you share all that. And yeah, just to learn a little bit more about human design and all your magic from you. So thank you so much. It's been epic speaking to you. If anybody would like to connect with you, and obviously I'll put all of your details in the show notes and stuff as well, so you can find it there. Thank you, Megan. I, I love being here. And thank you if you're listening to this. Come and sit in space with me if you're not I've not chewed your ears off <laughs> yeah come party and roll up a soul seat <laughs> awesome thank you so much my love for sharing all of your magic and all of your wisdom so grateful for you thank you thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure so I hope that you enjoyed those episodes with the amazing Emma all of her information is in the show notes and you can connect with her about working together, whether it's about human design or wanting to join for some of her one-to-one -one or group programs. She's always bringing out incredible new offerings. And if you enjoyed this episode, then do click follow so that you can stay updated with all future episodes that come out. If this is the first time that you've listened to my podcast, then thank you for being here. And I do invite you to go back and listen to all of the epic, amazing past episodes. If you'd like to get in contact, you can contact me via my Instagram at higherlove underscore with Megan or via my website. I always love connecting with new amazing humans. And if you'd like to work together further, I offer EFT sessions to heal you from your past and from your traumas and to look at your subconscious belief systems that are blocking you in your current life so that you can create new possibilities for yourself moving forward. I'm also opening up some fresh spots soon in my one-to-one -one coaching and have lots of amazing new offerings coming up. Thanks for being here and sending you so much love.